Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, another uh, vacation edition of uh, the Big Orange Podcast. But uh, vacation or not, we're doing this show. It doesn't matter wherever you listen throughout the world. We thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast network feed, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. If you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays or Tuesdays or even this week, Wednesdays, because uh, Zach and I had a bunch of conflicts until today and uh, finally made it work. But you'll get them whenever we drop them. But uh, also go over to YouTube. Normally, we live stream the show at 7 p.m. on Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Monday nights. And if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel, uh, you can be a part of the show. Come in, comment, and uh, and we like to react to the comments and everything. We're not live this week because, again, vacation edition. But, uh, yeah, go and subscribe and be a part of the show at Charlie underscore Rose, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports all over the social medias, a to z sports.com. That's it. Zach, what's up, man? How is uh how's the ocean down there? How's the coast? It is honestly really nice. There was a storm yesterday that kind of stirred things up, made the water cold, but regardless, it's it's been a good week. It's the the forecast was looking a little rainy and it's really only been that one little bit so it's good and i'm i'm gonna do this i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna do this pretty quickly and get out there <laughs> so yeah, i don't blame you I, I i love talking talking balls but i also love my free time on vacation so i just can't help it but uh yeah on for the show today i mean there when is there not a ton of stuff to talk about tennessee it, it literally doesn't matter that it is just the deepest part of the off season. chase burns drama we're gonna cover it uh, a new transfer coming in for Tennessee replacing not replacing Burns but kind of taking the sting off of that one uh giant recruiting weekend in football this kid commits to Clemson and for some reason takes a swipe at Tennessee and in his commitment and nobody even knows who he is we're going to talk about that and then the NCAA is still grasping at straws trying to remain relevant and we're going to talk about how stupid they are to finish the show um it's it should be a, a good one but I do have to tell you first, before we get things rolling, because how, how could we do this without these guys about our great sponsor, Omaha Steaks. Uh, and I know the, the graphic here on the YouTube channel, it still says Father's Day. It's not the Father's Day deal anymore, but it's still a package for $99.99. It, it was close enough, and I didn't want to go bother our graphics guy to change this. Also, I forgot about it till right before we started and just didn't bother but it's, it's still 99.99 summer is here time to sit back and unwind with omaha steaks perfectly aged always tender guaranteed delicious omaha steaks is, sh- is sharing an amazing limited time offer when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the keyword balls v-o-l-s into the search bar you'll be able to be able to order the gourmet grill pack for just 99.99 see there it is and with that, you'll get eight free Omaha Sticks burgers when you order. These burgers are legendary. I can vouch for them. They are incredible. I've had them multiple times. But you also get four bacon-wrapped fillets, four premium air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet j- jumbo franks, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, Omaha Steaks seasoning, and, of course, those eight free burgers. That is keyword vols. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It is the best steak of your life, guaranteed. So do not wait. Go to omasteaks.com and type keyword balls into the search bar, B-O-L-S, and order the Gourmet Grill Pack today. omasteaks.com, keyword 
falls. I have to say real quick, I cooked a couple of the fillets that they sent us earlier yeah. this week. Incredible. My picky 11-year-old who will not eat anything, I mean, devoured it. It was, uh, I mean, that's the best endorsement I can give. It was uh, pretty incredible. Uh, if I could have those every night, I probably would. But Zach's son. See, it is it is the best steak of your life, guaranteed. And that's coming straight from Zach's son. So there you go. Done and done. Um, okay. Let's get to the kind of the stuff that almost at this point it it's so overwrought because this feels like it's been going on for weeks. But uh, even though it's only been a few days, Chase Burns. This news comes out before the final ever even happens in the College World Series that Chase Burns is probably going to transfer. And the thing with that is that according to people that this has been brewing for a long time but i think that was the first time that a lot of fans had heard about it and we were all thinking this kid just threw absolute gas in the college world series saved tennessee's butt on on one occasion really on multiple occasions really was excellent in that closer spot kind of i mean you you look at it objectively without knowing any context tony vitello kind of saved this kid's career I believe he had an ERA over seven when he was a starter and got pulled. And then Tony puts him in that closer spot. He's absolutely dynamite. And you look and you go, what? Why is he transferring? He just led this team to a win in the College World Series. What are we doing? And so you come to find out that uh, since he got pulled from being in that starter spot, that was uh, not, uh, not something he wanted to do to put it lightly, it seems. Uh, but when you saw this, Zach, and you've seen kind of some of the news that's come out around it, what uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, I was kind of like you, I guess, surprised at first when these rumors started coming out. And then after everything we've heard in retrospect, it, it makes a lot of sense. It, I can understand it uh, kind of on one hand, and then on one hand, I definitely don't. I think the focus has become so much on the pro career and what happens. And I understand that. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal, but I think that's where all this stems from with Burns is he wants to be guaranteed to be a starter. He was probably going to get that chance, you know, with Dolander moving on, having a spot in the rotation, seemingly finding his groove, finding his curveball and all these different, you know, sequencing his pitches better everything's working for him as we saw in that long relief outing after he came in for Dolander you know through scoreless innings um it's I don't know I guess he felt like he needed a fresh start and to go somewhere else where he was going to have that rotation spot locked down maybe a a field that's not quite as hitter friendly uh, maybe he can get those numbers down a little bit because he wants to be a first round pick he has the stuff to be a first round pick but if he's pitching out of the bullpen Probably not going to be a first-round pick. You don't see a lot of relief pitchers go in the first round. That's not what he wants to be. He wants to be somebody that gets to the big leagues as a starter. He doesn't, you know, maybe he ends up transitioning to the bullpen again uh, in his pro career. Who knows what happens? Most guys get drafted as starters and kind of transition to that if it doesn't work out for him as a starter. I think he just maybe doesn't trust that he's going to stay in the rotation at Tennessee after getting bumped out of it this season, even though – like you said, that pretty much saved the season. Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson's decision to shake up the rotation, move Burns to the bullpen. It, it didn't work immediately. I think they had a tough series against Arkansas right after that when they made that change. But 
from that point on, pretty much after that is when Tennessee's season flipped. And it, it, you can't argue with the results. The goal is to get to the College World Series, give yourself a chance to win. Tennessee did that. They came up short. That's just the way, you know, they ran into a buzzsaw with LSU. That was that was the team that we talked about all season. Which team gets hot at the right time? It was LSU. And Tennessee had to play them, and, and you know, they couldn't get past them. But outside of that, Vitello pushed all the right buttons, including the buttons with Burn. It's just something there's not much you can do. And like Tony Vitello said, they've known this was coming pretty much since they made the change. And to Burns' credit, he went out there and did the job. He didn't complain publicly. Uh, he seemed to embrace it in the moment. He knew what he had to do, and he did it, and he got better. So, I mean, he does have that competitor's mentality, I think, that can make him a great one at the next level. Uh, I'm not too worried about the the issues this season. It's just like Chase Dolander, you know, almost having a five ERA. He's still going to be a top ten pitch because of the potential and because of what he showed as a sophomore being the SEC Pitcher of the Year. Burns is going to have some of that same benefit of the doubt when he gets drafted, but I guess he doesn't want to leave it to chance. Yeah. There were a bunch of different takes flying around yesterday and kind of from the national guys. They were like, oh, this makes sense. You took, you made him not a starter anymore. And that's what he wanted to be. And blah, blah, blah. he couldn't be a starter anymore. <laughs> exactly. And, and that, that that's point. probably, that's, that's what got me the most in this situation was people coming in, you know, Vandy fans, LSU fans thinking they're going to get him. Actually, the thing I've seen the most is that he's, he might go to TCU. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of connection there. Um, and they're just coming in, sniping, and going like, "Did you watch this kid pitch? He was all over the place again. ERA over seven. Uh, what? The kid I that they were over with eleven was better than that. It was over eleven in SEC play. Yeah, it was. It was horrendous. I mean, he just he couldn't be trusted to do what you needed him to do, and so they replaced him. It was that simple. And the, you know these guys going out giving their hot takes, not not realizing what they're actually saying, just thinking, oh well, he looked great in the College World Series. Well, yeah, he looked like garbage before. What? Are, what? <laughs> I'm sorry that you missed that. That's not my problem that you didn't see that happen. But that's what happened, uh, and that that was very annoying. Um, I, I think another thing that comes to mind here is the timing, and the fact that T, if he does end up at TCU, TCU or LSU, you kind of look and you go, um, okay. So these two teams were both in Omaha with Tennessee. You know, Tennessee with a coach that that the beginning of the season got a few games suspension for quote-unquote tampering. You don't think there was any tampering going on here in Omaha? The TCU was there, and then all of a sudden, no, Chase Burns going to TCU. What? Or LSU, or whatever it may end up being. Both teams were there and could have spoken to this kid. I guess if Chase, if Chase Burns played his cards right, he if he was going to do that, you have somebody kind of do that for you, you know, maybe a a parent and a, you know some sort of representative that goes and maybe talks to them. But you know, regardless, don't talk, don't come and talk to me about tampering. If this suddenly he goes to the College World Series, TCU is there, and then he goes to TCU, huh? What? And you're going to nail Vitello for tampering? This stuff is happening all over the place. So don't talk to me about this anymore. Everybody's tampering. I'm not saying stop tampering. I'm saying everybody's doing it. Shut up about it. Because when Vit- Vitello got that suspension, you know, especially like Vandy fans, they're like, he's getting what he deserves. And, and we all know that Vandy's little goblin that's their head coach is doing the same thing. So I, yeah, that that was really annoying also. Um, but, but regardless, it just, 
it is what it is. Tennessee will be fine. You got a, a deep set of pitchers. Um, I don't know what your take is on that. I, I, but uh, yeah, I, I just looking at it, I think Tennessee's bullpen will be okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Tennessee will be fine. They've they've been able to. I mean, it's still a loss. I mean, that Burns was a weapon. You saw it in the College World Series. It is definitely a huge loss. But I don't think it, you know one pitcher isn't going to sink the season for Tennessee. Uh, they they've been really 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 good at developing pitchers over the last few years under Vitello and Anderson and there's no reason to think that that won't continue I think it definitely will it, it's a shame to lose Burns but that's I tweeted it yesterday it's just kind of the culture of baseball and you and sports that these kids grow up in now and Burns I mean he's what 20 years old probably right in that range Ish. yeah I mean he grew up he he that age is kind of the first age. It's really grown up in this new youth baseball travel ball culture where it, it's like the an extension of little league, essentially. And these kids go out there and they bounce around from team to team. They don't like that they're not playing a certain position or they're really, it's probably their, their parents that don't like that they're playing a certain position or whatever the case may be. And they jump to another team. They don't like it. They jump to another team and they go to where, Hey, we're going to give you this, this, and this, if you come here, and I'm not saying that's what's happened with Chase Burns exactly, but it does have that vibe to it to me. Like, oh, no, I want this. Well, you could stay at Tennessee and you can prove that you can be back in the rotation and you can try to make another run with this team that you've been with the last two seasons. Or you can jump to a program that's promising to give you that no matter what. And what happens if he goes to TCU and he falters just like he, as a starter, just like he did at Tennessee, and they move him to exactly. the bullpen? He's right back in the same spot. I mean, it's not where you're at. It's what you're doing. It's what you're putting into it. It's what your your execution, your game planning. It's all these things that ultimately, yes, the coaches help you, the program supports you, all these things. But like the athlete has to bear some responsibility too. And the struggles for Burns were on Burns. That's Burns on him as well. I mean, he gets the credit for that, just like he gets the blame for struggling. So I don't. Just the whole mindset of and the culture of sports now that kids grow up in, I think it's just going to lead to more and more of this. And it's it's frustrating for fans uh, and for the kids. It's all they know. I mean, it's how they grow up. They don't they didn't grow up in a different culture where you you stick with this team no matter what. Or it's all about the team. It's so individual driven now until you get to a professional team, which a lot of these players won't even get to. It's a terrible way to go about it and to look at your sports career but that's just kind of what it's been made into yeah you do have to hope that as it becomes more prevalent hopefully there will be from from coaches and parents so there will be a a pushback there to say whoa 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 you know this isn't the way that you want to go about this i mean you got to just hope for that because that's really all you can really do because otherwise the setup kind of facilitates that just the way that it is these kids they're they are just lauded from the time that they're 10 and they're told that they're great and they're told that they should get what they want and all these things their eyes on making it to uh, as a professional at like age 10 and that's not just baseball it's all youth sports and it's 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 mind-blowing that that's the approach just who got i mean you don't know if if a kid's going to be that good until they're 15 probably uh, not it even 10, then but that's just yeah it's the way yeah it's, it's the way that's what they're they grow up in and it's gonna you're gonna see more and more of that with college players absolutely uh and so uh, hopefully burns finds what he wants out there because yeah i mean like you said if he goes to tcu and he stinks there they're gonna bench you too 
That's they're not in the business. It's it's a team of however many guys. It's not it's not a team of one guy. So yeah, they want Burns so they can win a college world series. They don't want Burns so they can help him become a top five pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure they want him to do that. They want to help that, of course. But getting to Omaha, winning it all—that's the main goal for 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 him picking up Burns. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully he gets it. I mean, you're you're leaving literally from this season one of the top five teams to go to another team that also didn't win the title potentially again if i guess it goes lsu that it would be the team that did win the title but i mean i (laughs) i i don't know uh you're you're just grasping for something that really might not be there but i hope that he finds it so there's that with chase burns uh we'll here we'll we'll do a a a quick ad read now but we're going to talk uh, about first baseball recruiting, actually transfer recruiting. And then we'll talk about the massive weekend uh, that Tennessee football just had. They're literally just throwing locker room parties now for these recruits. It's crazy. We're going to talk about all of it right after I tell you about our great friends, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That's fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Support them because they support us. Now, Tennessee did lose Chase Burns, but they they turned right back around, and Tony Vitello got himself one of the top transfers in America from NC State, which has weirdly become like an elite feeder school now. Tommy White last year coming in out of NC State, and now Cannon Peebles. Love this name. Love this pickup. Uh, I think I saw, what did he bat, 352 last year, something like mm-hmm. that. Dude was a monster at the plate. Uh, he he was great as a catcher, and you you look at what Tennessee had behind the plate this season, and Cal Stark not bad as a catcher. He he was okay. I would say middle of the road, but he was rough as a batter. He was basically just I mean it was almost an automatic out a lot of the time. He he had he had, he had his moments. He had his moments where you know he he made some uh, some plays, but. Just largely re- replacing that with a guy batting 352 is is big. What'd you think when you saw the sack? I mean, my first thought was you already mentioned it, Tommy White, you know, going from NC State to LSU and the huge impact he had on them winning the College World Series. You kind of get a player that's similar in a lot of ways. This guy's, you know, can kill the ball. He hit 12 home runs last year, OPS over 1,100, I think. Spent most of his time at DH. Actually, I think he had 30 starts at DH, nine at catcher. So, you know, there's some options there for Tony Vitello to work with and how he wants to use him and insert him into the lineup. But, yeah, huge pickup. Clearly, Tennessee needs a little more offense. There was times the offense was just too streaky last season that really cost them in some games. Um, I'm not going to say too much about that LSU game, you know, going against Skeens and that, that one matchup that's – yeah, good luck with with that. that. That's not so much on the offense. It's just he's a great pitcher, but they n- definitely need to add some more consistent bats. And feels like this is uh, going to help eliminate a hole that was in the lineup, like you mentioned. 
Absolutely. I, I think it is really big and and takes some of the sting off of the Chase Burns situation because the fact is with with Tony Vitello, you can lose a guy like Chase Burns, but Tony Vitello at this point, I mean, he's he's one of the elite recruiters in all of America in college baseball. Period. He he is doing it near the top of the game. And so that's that is something that can at least keep you sleeping all right at night. <laughs> even even with Chase Burns leaving, is knowing that Tony is still going out there getting these dudes. Now, there's going to be plenty of other guys to choose from, and I think there's there's more bolstering that you can do. Some guys are leaving. Uh, you got to hope that some of these young guys step up, but I think there's more holes that can be filled, uh, and hopefully hopefully Tony does that. I, I'm not going to say that I know everybody that's in the transfer portal in baseball right now, but I, I'm sure he's looking around, taking a good hard look, and I'm, I'm sure he'll find his guys. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's... So much movement this time of year with play. I mean, you saw, you know, Wake Forest almost made it to the final, and they've already lost a couple of their key players to the transfer portal. It's just, it's just to me the way of the, of the sport between yep. the culture that we talked about, NIL deals, transfer portal. It's just all combined to make this perfect storm, and it might end up being worse in baseball than than even football because it seems like the football guys. I mean. If you're a great player at, at some of these schools, a, a power five program, a lot of times they just they stick where they're at. They continue on. They know they're going to the NFL. That's their goal. If they're at a place that can possibly compete for a championship or an impressive bowl game, they kind of stick around. But in baseball, you're already seeing it doesn't matter where you're at. Star, not a star. Nobody's really like safe. I mean, it, it could be anybody from Tennessee enter the portal and it would not be a complete shock. I mean, Chase Burns from the middle part of the state and that didn't really seem to to play a factor in him wanting to stay around. Yeah, it it has really become in football if you play one of those group of 5 schools it, it, you're you're in a feeder league essentially. <laughs> you you're you're trying to make your name and move up from the G League to the to the pros in Power 5. And the in other baseball, guys that do it in Power 5 just to add to that it's really it's like the reserves the guys that aren't getting the playing time they thought they were going to get that yep leave the seat that out yep and and i mean in, and in baseball yeah it almost maybe it is just perception because this has happened to tennessee just now but like yeah it does seem like more guys from major programs you, you Ma- maui yahuna from kansas it's not like kansas is some tiny athletic department i mean that's it's pretty it's the biggest school in that state and and uh you know you're you're sniping some of their best guys so well it's, nc state you know losing losing yeah. tommy white last year and of course that's something that's been happening in nc state for a long time russell wilson left there to go to wisconsin years ago because they wouldn't let him play baseball in nc yeah, state no, but un- unfortunate for nc state my uh my in-laws are nc state folks and they're uh mm. i think they're it, it is interesting they're they're kind of um uh, would agnostic be the right word? I think because NC State is really viewed as just like, oh, it's kind of a stepping stool school athletically. They're they're not like huge NC State sports people, but I, that's a weird you know, program. They're kind of nestled in there between UNC and Duke. It seems like everybody kind of forgets about them. They're just like the third yeah. school in North Carolina. Great engineering school, though. Uh, yeah, I guess that that's really their deal. Yeah, uh, but regardless. There's that on the recruiting front for baseball. Excellent pickup. Really huge pickup there that I think is going to help Tennessee a lot. But then you turn right around and you look at football. And this weekend, 
for Tennessee football was another just gargantuan weekend where they had a ton of guys in and they just rolled out every red carpet possible. And it it's more now I I, I say all this stuff not knowing I, I don't cover recruiting every single day. That is not my job. Um, you know, I'm I'm not your your Austin Price out here. So I don't know what Georgia is doing day to day. I don't know what Alabama is doing day to day in recruiting and on these big weekends. But Tennessee is doing stuff that I've never seen Tennessee really do on the recruiting trail. And they're just they're taking like new media and social media and all of that. And they're using that to boost recruiting very purposefully. I, I think it seems like very purposefully getting these recruits to post on social media, to put it out there that, oh, look, we're going to Tennessee and cool stuff is happening. Look at this. And so this weekend, I mean, the ones that you saw, they did like this, like 1990s Bulls entrance for all of these guys where they walked through the door into the locker room. And they, they, it was literally like, you know, six foot four from the state of Georgia, who, whatever it may be. And they announce these guys coming in, they take their picture, they do the whole thing. Their parents are there hyping them up. And they literally had like a dance party. In, in the locker room it, it, at, at Neyland, it's wild. I love it. And hopefully it turns into commits. It hasn't yet. Yet two commits last week. Really nice commits. So far, you haven't gotten any, but it seems like there's a couple of big ones that are coming up, Zach. Uh, but what, what did you see from this weekend of recruiting? I mean, it, it seems like I read a lot of the interviews with the recruits that were there this past weekend, and it feels like Tennessee's kind of becoming the, the fun school. And not in a bad way because you could say all oh, the fun school they're just kind of maybe back to the butch jones era trying to you know put on this big production and, and not make football the main thing but football's still the main thing at tennessee this is just josh hype on his staff really knowing how to recruit how to how to make players have fun and it's not so much that it's this great just fun atmosphere environment activities it's the vibe of how people feel when they leave tennessee they leave feeling good they leave I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. It doesn't mean all those guys are going to commit to Tennessee, but they leave with a positive impression of Tennessee. And you never know when that comes up in conversations with other recruits or just how that can, can help Tennessee down the road. Just the, the reputation that they're gaining on the trail. If anything, at worst, it gets some players on campus that maybe you wouldn't have got on campus otherwise. And maybe one of those turns into a commit. Maybe a five-star has a, an official visit to burn and they say, Hey, let's go to Tennessee and check it out. And they get there and it gives them something to think about. And yeah, it's going to be tough to land some of those guys, of course, but it's just, it's another, you know, feather in Josh Heupel's cap for pushing all the right buttons. The guy seemingly has done everything right since he's arrived at Tennessee. And it doesn't feel like it's a stretch to say that it doesn't feel like we're trying to build him up. In fact, at times I feel like we try to, rein it in a little bit because we've put so much praise on him but he hasn't really I mean he deserves it he hasn't done anything to to kind of alter your view of that outside of that South Carolina game which you know a lot of people can share the blame for that game he hasn't really had a huge misstep while at Tennessee and I felt even that he handled extremely well they bounced back against Vanderbilt he handled it all with the media extremely well I mean he couldn't have went any better or had a better answer for that loss but between that and the way they're recruiting right now and the just the, the visits that they're putting on, the way these kids are talking about Tennessee, uh, they're 
I, I hate to say it, it's like that whole sleeping monster thing. I mean, Tennessee is kind of that sleeping giant that that's waiting to to take over college football. I mean, they're right there on the cusp of that. They got to continue to take those steps to get there and to get over the hump. But they're, I mean, they're right up against it right now. Yeah, it it does have to end with landing these elite guys, but they're doing the things that it's going to take to land these elite guys. Cause we've, we've said a week in and week out. It's 100% clear that Tennessee can compete on the recruiting trail in every single way possible in terms of resources, money, the things that they, they can do for these recruits. I mean, not Knoxville is one of the biggest cities in the sec, just the show that they can put on and what they could give to these recruits in terms of like, you know, the NCAA doesn't want to talk about it, but money and things like that. I mean, Tennessee's right there. You, you, nobody, Nobody's going to beat them if Tennessee puts their mind to that. But what Tennessee cannot say at this point is a national championship in the last 20, however many years it's been, 25. 25 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, too long. And you can't say no SEC championship in the last 25 years. Like, you can't. That that's where the rubber has to meet the road and where you're probably not going to consistently land these leak guys until you do that. And unfortunately the, your, I mean, your primary rival on the recruiting trail just happens to reside three and a half hours down I 75 South in Georgia. And so they're right there on your doorstep, recruiting all the elite guys in their state, just sucking up all those, uh resources and elite prospects and so some somehow you have to overcome that and that is just you gotta you have to beat them <laughs> you and so i i love this they are but the point of this conversation is just that they're doing absolutely everything i not that i would criticize them if none of this was out in the open because largely with recruiting stuff, it's kind of behind closed doors a lot of the times. It's just a lot of stuff you don't see. And I think there's still a ton of stuff Tennessee is doing that you don't, you don't see. But I love that they're putting it out publicly going like, Tennessee is where you're going to get everything that you want as a prospect. And and not only that, but you're, you're going to be, you're going to be treated excellently here, but you're also going to win. And it's that winning piece that goes, okay, you have the 11 wins in a season under your belt. Let's go win some championships. That's that's where the sort of the the men are going to be separated from the boys, so to speak, is if Tennessee can finally uh, make make that happen. And I think Josh, so again, Josh Heupel is the dude that's doing it right now. And one, one of the guys from this weekend that it seems like they made a real impression on was this wide receiver, Mike Matthews, five-star wide receiver. We've talked about him already. There's been really good signs for Tennessee with him uh i don't know where does he stand on like the the on three rating meter which is you know not exactly super reliable but wow so he's up to 78 percent to tennessee on the on three recruiting prediction machine uh but this this would be a great place to start get this kid who is from lilburn georgia out of the state of georgia right out from georgia from under georgia's nose this would be an incredible pickup, and and he was there this weekend, and it seems like they made a really great impression. Yeah, he he talked to several media outlets about his visit. Definitely enjoyed it. It's just the same tone like we were talking about in the the previous conversation about the the tone coming from recruits and how much they're enjoying Tennessee, the vibe, how good they feel after they leave there. He mentioned they went out on the water. He was with uh, 
Nico and Boo Carter, recent Tennessee commit, who's very energetic on the recruiting trail for the Vols. I felt like that was definitely by design. I mean, because if Mike Matthews comes to Tennessee, Nico will likely be his quarterback, will be expected to be the guy throwing the ball to him. And it's he's the number one player in the 2023 class. Why would you not want a five-star wide receiver hanging out with him during an official visit? So I thought that was smart by Tennessee. Seems like they're doing everything right with Matthews. Josh Newberg from on three, who has spent some time with Mike Matthews, doubled down. Uh, you know, I, I, if you remember back in May, I think he was one of the first ones to predict Matthews to Tennessee, or might have been early June. After this most recent official visit, New, Josh Newberg went out this week and, and, like I said, doubled down on Matthews to Tennessee. He said he thinks Tennessee can land them, thinks they're trending trending for him pretty heavily. He thinks they can get Amari Jefferson, too, four-star wide receiver that Alabama, they're kind of in a fight with Alabama for. The kid wants to play both sports, baseball and football, to the next level or in college. I mean, you land both of those guys, and Josh Heupel and Nico, I mean, they're going to have an elite wide receiver group. They've, they've already had great wide receivers, right? I mean, you've had Jalen Hyatt, four-star coming out of high school. You've had Brew McCoy, a former five-star who didn't really pan out at USC, and Ramel Keaton, a four-star, and Squirrel White has elite speed but you haven't really had those premier top 10 in the nation type players in this offense yet as good as the offense was without that can you imagine what it would be with a nico with a mike matthews with an amari jefferson in this offense i mean that is national championship caliber stuff so this is definitely matthews definitely a player tennessee wants to get i mean they're going hard after him it's going to be a disappointment if they don't get him if he ends up somewhere else it's going to be a a crushing loss in recruiting i mean tennessee will be okay because they can develop receivers and they can get the most out of them but you want to have that elite guy i mean you want to see what that elite guy can do in this offense so it's it's a very important battle there in here yeah they gotta they gotta shut the door on on those and and make sure that those guys are in the in the boat by the end here because tennessee just looking at the overall landscape i mean georgia has 21 commits ohio state 16 florida 17 uh usc 15 and tennessee michigan at 23 uh and tennessee is still at 14 so there's they're still hanging back with a a relatively low number of players in this class so far so you got a lot of closing to do yeah i think they're wait. i think there's guys that could probably get right now that they could probably take commitments from but they're kind of waiting because they got guys higher up the board and that's a good sign i mean that's where in previous years, Tennessee might have 22 commits right now because they're not in it for those other guys, and they know they're not in it. So, yeah, you still got to close the deal. You don't want to come up short. I mean, you're gonna come up, inevitably, you're going to miss on, on some of these, of course. But for the most part, you need to, to close the deal, sign them, get them to Knoxville, and then Tennessee can this thing can really take off under Josh Heupel. Well, we'll just have to see what happens. So hopefully some of those guys start rolling in. We can talk about that next week or in the, the next few weeks uh, about Tennessee getting some of those five stars. That would that would be amazing. Hopefully it happens. Uh, but speaking of guys that Tennessee hasn't been recruiting that closely, <laughs> um, there was this weird, would you call it an incident of <laughs> a situation with a recruit who committed to Clemson and in his commitment took a giant swipe at Tennessee for some reason. Uh, And we're going to talk about that in just a second, right after I tell you about the great folks at rattle and snap Tennessee whiskey. Few things go better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey. 
And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee. Select straight whiskey log still distillery has a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap Tennessee whiskey named after a long forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those that make their own luck. There's a four year and an eight year version of Rattle and Snap. You can see the four year right there in the, the corner of the YouTube video if you're watching. Uh, and they go perfect in whiskey cocktails or just drinking neat. And the bottle looks great, too, on your shelf. If you can, you can see it there. Uh, you can find Rattle and Snap in stores across the state of Tennessee. Also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run, don't walk, and get yourself some Rattle and Snap. Tennessee whiskey for those Tennessee victories. Rattle and Snap. Uh, follow Rattle and Snap on Instagram at Rattle and Snap Whiskey. So there's this kid, Ricardo Jones, uh, is, is the prospect. And he has his commitment last night. And I don't think any Tennessee fans saw this until after the fact, because I don't think any Tennessee fans knew who this kid was. Like normally if, if Tennessee is in on a recruit and they're live streaming their commitment, Tennessee fans are watching this. This fan base is is just crazy. They will watch anything and everything involving Tennessee, but nobody was watching this kid do this because it seems like Tennessee was not involved with this kid. Like, I think there, there had been an early effort with him, uh, to just uh, obviously you just doing your due diligence four star safety from Georgia, but on on two four seven he's not listed in the top five teams there. Uh, on I think Tennessee was like the fifth team listed on on three in terms of his interest pool, and then last night in his commitment he he gets up and says I'm taking my talent or however he said it yeah I'm going to. And then he put a Tennessee hat on and had a Tennessee t-shirt on. And then he was like, oh, I'm just kidding. And he took it off and had a Clemson shirt on underneath and then put on a Clemson hat. And everybody's looking around going, what, what did we do to you? <laughs> I'm sorry. What What does Tennessee have to do with any of this? And what it makes me wonder is, is Dabo, Dabo just mad? He's got He's over there flipping burgers and he's just pissed off, right? He told this kid to do this. It has to be, right? Man, I hope that's the case. I hadn't really even <laughs> thought about framing it that way, but that, I mean, I could see Dabo with one of his corny little TikTok videos or sending this kid a message like, how about you, you know, I think it'd be real funny if you, you know, put on this Tennessee shirt and kind of tricked everybody. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, everybody's response to it, at least on the Tennessee side of things that I've seen is pretty much your response. It's what, why would you, we don't care about you. We don't really know who you are. The kid told on three last week or earlier this month that, you know, his decision was down to Clemson and Florida State. He told them Clemson had the edge. Everybody thought the kid was going to Clemson that follows recruiting or, or follows this kid, covers him. That Tennessee was never really in the mix. Like you said that, I think there were some early recruiting efforts. They weren't really recruiting him lately at all. They weren't expecting to land him. They, they weren't trying to land him. I, I don't understand it it kind of feels like georgia fans jumping in the comment section of a pro tennessee video or tweet or article or whatever just to kind of throw shade at tennessee when it has nothing to do with 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 tennessee at all or with georgia it feels like that's kind of what was happening here like clemson's lost in the tennessee they've lost in uh super region or in the regionals to tennessee 
haven't had good luck against the Vols lately, and, and Tennessee being good is not good for Clemson in any way, just like Clemson's rise in the, in the 2010s was not good for Tennessee. Uh, maybe that's what was going on. I don't know. I, I like to think that maybe that's what was happening. Dabo was was trying to get this kid to throw shade at Tennessee, and it epically backfired. I, I hope so, because we all know that that Dabo's a, a petty little mm-hmm. loser. Um, and, I mean, he Tennessee kicked his butt. Tennessee kicked Clemson's butt in general. Again, you, you said it there. Beat him in baseball to on the way to the College World Series. And, I, I, I mean, otherwise, I don't know. How do you ascribe this kind of, like, malice coming from this kid? If he just thinks he needs to take a shot at Tennessee. I mean, I, just to give full context here, he took he never even took an official visit to Tennessee. Three unofficial visits, two in 2022, and then one on April 1st of this year. And then he took an official visit to to Clemson, and then he committed. I mean, it, it just was kind of that simple. And, I yeah, you just saw from any recruiting analysts where they were just like, yeah, Tennessee wasn't really in it with this kid. They had kind of they had kind of given up. <laughs> and he's I, I what what happened on these unofficial visits? Did somebody piss him off or, or do something? Maybe maybe he wanted to come to Tennessee and Tennessee wasn't interested. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just uh, pettiness from Dabo. I, I like to think it's that one. Uh, but but yeah, regardless, like I look at it on three. Um, Justin, going back through the month of June. Seven different predictions for him to go to Clemson. Like there was no, and on and on three, the prediction machine, 96% to Clemson. Like it wasn't like this was even in, even in question, really. It seemed like it's strange. It's really, really strange. Um, that's why it feels like there's some kind of vindictiveness there, but who knows? It's not the first time a recruit has done this in Tennessee, uh, strangely. Then a kid did this and then chose Florida a few years back, didn't they? If I'm thinking correctly. Well, there was the one that went to... Was it Quay Walker that went to Georgia? I believe through the hat. Oh yes, yes, that sounds and exactly right. He has gotten in trouble several times in the NFL already with the Green Bay Packers. He did something really stupid last year during a game. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember the Packers head coach was was like not happy at all with him. So trolling another school at your commitment ceremony might be a bad idea might be a <laughs> bad a sign red, of things to come yeah bit of a red flag there i don't know but uh hey we'll take it because tennessee will just keep beating you at stuff clearly it, it seems to not he was ejected twice so. last season quay walker out of <laughs> i think he was a rookie he yeah that, put, that's, that's what it was he pushed the practice squad player on the sidelines Do you remember that no i but Late i mean season. that sounds for yeah. for guys out of Kirby's program right now, because they just they just did that giant expose in the in the Journal Constitution. They've done a couple. Uh, they've done a couple with the traffic incidents, and now there was another one this morning where yes. they kind of some pretty serious stuff. It was uh, it I don't want to like, misspeak, but it was like a recruit. They had been on campus drinking underage. There was maybe an alleged like assault or sexual assault or something that that possibly happened that was mentioned. So some pretty. Yeah, serious things to yeah not not really make light of there's some some things they need to get under control down there yeah uh it's kirby he's he's i mean you could really say selling his soul for all of that uh it kind of seems like but it's working i guess they are winning those championships but uh 
anywho, there there really is that as far as Tennessee football and recruiting, all of those things. We'll keep you updated. We'll keep talking about whatever may happen. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, we're talking about a commitment from Mike Matthews. That'd be great. But we'll we'll leave it there, and I'll I'll end this segment with mentioning something that I think we would be completely remiss to not uh, fit into the show here. It is June twenty eighth. And that is uh, the day that the amazing, incredible, the greatest of all time, Pat Summit, did die back in, was it, what year? 2016. I think so. I think it's Um, been seven years. Yes, seven years. She's the greatest ever to it. Uh, Revolutionized game of women's basketball. um, And no one will ever be better. Uh, Obviously, the court at Tennessee is named after, and she did, it was just, one of the most unbelievable people to ever walk on on this earth. So, shout yeah, out to her. Greatest coaches in the history of the sport. Period. Yeah, I just just really incredible. Just the things that you heard about her and her character and her, her integrity and the way that she just went and conducted herself. On top of obviously being one of the most successful coaches to ever coach the game of basketball. That's, um, if somebody, if I'm around somebody and they've been around pat summit or had an experience with her in any sort of way and they have a story to tell i will stop and listen and give my full attention every single time because it never fails that it's just an an unbelievable story that you might even know where it's going but it's still always incredible well i i was gonna actually just do quickly in in this segment a quick things from uh brian williams he posted this on twitter this morning um and he, if you don't remember Ryan Williams, he played for Tennessee's basketball team back with Bruce. Uh, he, he was a, a big man for for Bruce. And he, he posted this this morning. He said, RIP to the great Pat Summit, a story I remember of one of the greatest coaches in history. Was one practice, the men's team was goofing around and Pat was watching. She got fed up and threw the ball. Uh, and sh- she got fed up, threw the ball, and everyone stopped. She said, run sprints and run them fast. We look at Bruce and we're like, and he put a, a like wondering emoji and we were like, she's serious, huh? He looks back at us and walks away and sits down and Pat runs us the rest of the practice. Lol. I remember I threw up twice that day, but the amount of respect we had for her was unmatched. And the life she created for thousands of kids will never go unnoticed. Thanks for everything. RIP Pat go balls. Uh, yeah. I mean, she just, she was just one of the greatest, uh, to, to ever coach sports period i just was such such a great person and so uh obviously forever and always rest in peace to the great pat summit uh had to mention that because she she's just the goat um all right we'll finish with one of my favorite things to do which is uh making fun of the ncaa they released this stupid new set of quote-unquote like guidelines i guess you would say about nil and we're just going to talk about maybe some of the ramifications that are going to come from that and we'll talk about it right after i tell you about superbook sports bring that big bad energy this summer with superbook sports superbook sports is the most trusted name in sports betting and right now use promo code a to z to score up to 250 dollars with their first bet bonus win or lose they will match your first bet up to 250 dollars with promo code a to z a to z simply visit superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the superbook tennessee app in the app store Enter the promo code A to Z, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, J-M-B-L-E-R, the Superbook Tennessee Superbook Sports Tennessee app. Download it right now and start betting on, right now, what? Baseball, uh, which is a crazy thing to bet on. I don't know. 
I feel like it's a little too unpredictable for me, but um, okay. The NCAA put out how how was this framed? This is Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. In a memo obtained by Sports Illustrated, the NCAA strongly clarifies its NIL policy by warning schools that one, they must follow NCAA rules even if they conflict with state laws. And two, entities such as school foundations are prohibited from NIL and offering donor incentives for NIL giving. Uh, This is a big, long thing where they do like question, answer, question, answer, where they're trying to clarify where they stand on NIL stuff. And they're basically like, we still have rules, guys. Listen. Hey, listen. No, please. Please listen. That's basically what the NCAA is just doing here. Trying to tap the SEC on the shoulder and go, hey, excuse me. Can uh sir will you please do what i say and then i hopefully the sec is going to turn around and i don't know push them down and leave but uh this is so stupid the ncaa is just the worst what what did you think when you saw the sack i mean the first thought was this is your own problem yeah it is kind of the wild west (laughs) right now and we you know kind of that college baseball transfer discussion there's a huge huge discussion that could happen with all of that and ways to make it better things that they should do beyond you know there's a big discussion there to be had that that, where they could fix some things but this is not the way and i liked what texas a&m's athletic director said i don't know if you saw his comments but he was asked by espn's dan murphy about it and he said uh, the state law is going to govern how we do business. In terms of this, the state law will reign, and that's how we'll move forward. And that was, you know, Texas A&M AD Ross Bjork. Of course. I like that energy. That was pretty much an FU to the NCAA. We're going to do what we want to do. Our state made these laws, which was probably, you know, Texas A&M, Texas, all the big schools in Texas were probably pushing for that legislation to be pushed through. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's the way you got to treat the NCAA. You've been saying it for years. I know that that's the best approach to take with the NCAA is screw you. We're going to do what we want. Stop us if you don't like it or try to stop us. You know, you don't have any power type deal. That's what this feels like. Uh, that's what it feels like the schools are kind of going to say is, yeah, we're going to do what, we're, what we've been doing. Don't worry about it. We'll, there's nothing you can do. Here's what I continue to want this to be naturally and i think it is is that we're moving towards at least college football giving the middle finger to the the ncaa and walking away because i mean it's it's emphasized in here that the members of the ncaa are there voluntarily they, they're not making you be there and so walk away leave and 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 stop dealing with this nonsense now that's yeah. it's easy to say with college football it's not easy to say with some other sports where the NCAA kind of gives them the backbone of their sport or sports that don't make any money and they kind of need the NCAA to operate. There's a large conversation there, but with college football, get out of there. Who cares? This I think is the over. problem with I think the problem with college football is that not every Power Five program is going to see it the same way. I think there's some Power Five programs True. that were kind of pushing for this from the NCAA, and and I get it. I get their their angel on that. If you look at Vanderbilt, for example, Clark Lee gave an interview to, I think it was on three uh, this past month where he talked about, look, he he's for NIL, but he uses NIL to kind of reward players for what they've done and it will happen naturally. And that is the purpose of NIL. That is the whole reason that it became a thing is so players can go 
make money off of their name, image, and likeness like anybody else can. And it's kind of devolved into a, we'll give you this if you come play here. And that, you know, that everybody has their feelings on that. And I think that that can, you know, has changed the sport in a pretty significant way. And there's programs that just can't keep up with that. Vanderbilt's not going to keep up with it. Even programs probably like Missouri and some of these non, you know, outside of your Alabamas and Tennessees and Georgias and Floridas, these premier college programs that have hundreds of thousands of fans showing up every single week to games, they're going to have an advantage over some of these programs, these mid-tier and lower-level programs. So I, I get them trying to kind of bargain with the NCAA and say, hey, let's enforce these laws because we don't stand a chance otherwise. So I think, you know, it, it, there's infighting there with all that as well as fighting with the NCAA. It's just it's kind of a mess, really. It's a total mess. And I I guess I just really appreciate that it's finally coming with the NCAA pushing back more on this. Like the truth is finally coming out. I, I Ross Dellinger in his, he wrote an entire article on this. And this is just a snippet that I honestly, I love said the collective model, you know, like, like Spire sports, I'm inserting that here, like Spire sports at Tennessee, the collective model is a roundabout way for schools and their boosters to get money into athletes hands without handing cash to them directly. The collective provides organizational oversights, finds NIL endeavors for athletes, creates a system of pay distribution, and most importantly, acts as a legal buffer. (laughs) Here's the fun part. One SEC athletic director describes the situation in blunt terms. Quote, let's be honest. We're all money laundering. (laughs) And if you've listened to this show at length, that's exactly what I call this every time it's ever brought up. This is money laundering. And it's only money laundering because of the NCAA. If you could just pay athletes like you should be able to, there wouldn't be money laundering. You'd just be paying athletes like they, they would just be getting the just compensation for their efforts and and so i mean you have an athletic director from the southeastern conference saying oh we're all money laundering right i mean that's that's what we're doing we're, we're, we're just we're using this thing to siphon money to the people that deserve it <laughs> and, and so we have to just play this stupid game with the NCAA, where we act like, well, well, we're not, we're not doing anything, and then you, you shut the door and you go, of course, we're doing all of that, you know, naturally, you have, you have to do it to compete at a high level, and like you're saying, with a school like a, a Vandy, Missouri, people that don't care as much and can't keep up, yeah, that, that's not going to be great, but it was, the, the fact is this: as long as the TV ratings are as high as they are, as long as there are as many fans involved, spending as much money as they are, this was always going to happen. It was always going to separate between the the wheat and the chaff, so to speak, I guess, to put it in the olden terms there. Uh, it was always going to fall this way where your your Alabamas, your Georgias, your Tennessees, your, I mean, all, almost the entirety of the rest of the SEC, Texas A&M, they were always going to rise and, and be those schools with those resources. And there, maybe it has to be a league with teams like that, with the smaller schools shaken out that have to, and those schools still have to operate within the NCAA model. I don't know. I don't know exactly where it leads, but uh, it just as right now, it's not working. And you said it there. It's a complete and utter mess. And just stop this. Let's work on ways to get out of it rather than just going like, oh, let's let's continue to, you know, snake our way through all of this ridiculousness. Just let's stop. Just do something else and and cut out all the BS. That's obviously where I'm at. And I've been saying that for a really long time now. 
Yeah, I'm still stuck on that biblical wheat in the chaff reference you just dropped. That <laughs> one, uh, that one definitely caught me off guard a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I that that really is that probably does come from uh, from Bible school as a kid, I guess. <laughs> wheat and chaff. I think it does. Um, yeah, yeah, it probably does. I I don't know where I pulled that out from, but <laughs> anywho, <laughs> I think that's that's pretty much it. You, you got anything else for the folks at home this week, Zach? No, that should that should about do it. I hope you. Uh, Hope you enjoy the rest of your beach day there. Maybe you can find some rattle and snap out there on the beach. I hope so. They well, I guess what I'm I'm in North Carolina. Uh, I don't at least according to our ad read, they haven't made it to North Carolina yet, but mm. they should soon. The, the big difference, I think, North Carolina is like state controlled. I wonder if it's harder state controlled booze. Yeah, well, you know that it might you, be. You yeah, there. yeah, it might uh might be that. Also, I'd, I'd, you probably shouldn't advertise taking stuff across state lines is that still a thing are you still allowed to are you still permitted to carry alcohol, alcohol across state lines or is that a but i'm not gonna like that's still in the books there. maybe <laughs> yeah i don't know i genuinely do not know well i i would say maybe to do it and then sell it here would be a uh, problem but i yeah, think to probably. just take it and consume it by rattle and snap in tennessee bring it out here i don't think that's a problem uh but that's that i'm gonna go to the beach Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back uh, next week and should have a much more normal show. So watch out for the live stream next week, 7 p.m. Be there, be square. Uh, And otherwise, I think that's it. We'll talk to you all next week. See you guys later.